and Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, Now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. I am joined by a cohort of associates today. We are talking ball, and we got the preeminent ball knowers anywhere to be found. Uh, let's go around the circle. First, my guy, TC. TC, good morning from Jax. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. A little bit worried about the Niners injury bug, but more than anything, Randy, I'm chuffed for your Bengals. I think they're oh. back. Huge win. We'll get into all that. Uh, also joining us, Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg, KVV. How are you today? Big, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, dislocated my thumb this morning, but just popped it right back in so that I could get ready just like Justin Fields. So, uh, you know, it's just true warriors only on this pod. Little, little Bill McAtee. Uh, wow. wow. Really? 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, and last but not least, of course, everybody's favorite NFL analyst, Mr. Poosh, going by Poosh Sr., a proud father times two. Uh, congrats on the arrival of the little guy, Poosh. How are you doing today? And where are you? Tell us where you are. Hello, fellows. Um, I am in Ashland, Oregon on a day off here. We're traveling north on our way up to uh, Seattle. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go check out the remnants of the Seahawks, the sea chickens that Randy's Bengals just laid to waste. Yeah, it was a tough game, Poosh. Uh, we had a deal. We were gonna Bengals were gonna take care of the Seahawks. The Niners were gonna take care of the Browns. Let me down a little bit there. Um, I digress. Before we dive in, let me thank one of our sponsors, folks, and that is Roback. Roback Activewear. It's autumn, and Roback is ready. Fresh off new releases for polos, hoodies, and Q-zips. Trust us when we say there isn't better gear for fall golf. The fit, the feel, the quality, it's all perfect. First, those performance polos, they are next level. With four-way stretch and moisture-wicking fabric, these polos are made to keep you comfortable in all conditions. Not only are they great for a sunny day on the course, but also a nice night out on the town. Second, Roback's performance Q-zips are the only Q-zips we wear. The definition of versatile, these Q-zips are made to keep you warm for an early round. Or while you're out and about, trust us when we say we love these Q-zips. And then finally, Roback's performance hoodies are legitimately the most comfortable hoodies we own. Hands down the softest, stretchiest hoodies in golf. If you see us out on the course, odds are we will be in a Roback hoodie. They're that good. Listeners, use code TRAP, T-R-A-P, on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. Roback is spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. And that's 20% off all polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with code TRAP. Get ready for fall golf with Roback. We thank them for being a sponsor. God, Randy rocked it. Boom. I know. Subtle dog logo hits so hard. Also, before we get started, I want to congratulate Poosh on the new album as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm also wearing one of these lovely Roback hoodies at the moment. It's very comfortable. So thank you to you guys. For providing thank you to Roback. Yes, thank you. Thank you to you, Poosh. Thank, thank you to Shani. Thank you to Shani. Thank you to my son. 
KBB, I uh, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna toss the reins over to you for the fact that you um you put together a great agenda. I'd love for you to be the quarterback in the huddle on today's episode, kind of guide us where you want to take us and let us react and make plays. So without further ado, KBV, why don't you take control and um, let's dive into this NFL. What are, what are we calling it? Like a, it, we're a little quarter past season, the quarter maybe, pole. Yeah. yeah, third of the way through the season. You know, the traffic the- scheduling is always kind of nebulous. So we, I think we can still call it the quarter season check-in, but we just get a little bonus a uh, couple of well, games. Well, it's there. quarter of the whole season, not just true. the regular season. That's, That's true. true. Yes. We are gonna we are gonna bring some playoff heat this year. Uh, the the people have been demanding Pusha's takes in the streets. Uh, here he has a new a lot of new perspective as a f- second time father. So uh, I'm ready to, to I'm, be, I'm ready to play the Vinny Testaverde role, the senior ball knower. Uh, kind of just you know share <laughs> share the wealth around. Uh, guys, you know I I think the not like a bunch of major surprises in the NFL uh, this year in terms of the season. Uh, TC, I know that you were calling for the ball early uh, this year. You, you kind of wanted to maybe turn this into a Shanny appreciation pod. Uh, I guess I guess I'll I'll start there. You know, the Niners look like the best team in the NFL. Uh, certainly were before the Browns game this weekend. I know you and Push would like to sort of uh, have the mic for a minute and just sort of you know to sort of shame all that the few detractors in Shanny world. Uh, what do you have to say for yourselves? I, I, do you feel that that uh, this is even though we're coming off a loss, that Mr. Shanny has finally been validated as uh, perhaps the NFL's best mind. I do, unequivocally. I mean, the haters have been silent. Silent for months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's not just Shanny. You look at what Bobby Slowick is doing down in, in uh, Houston. You look at what Mike McDee is doing down in, in, uh, in, Miami. in, in Miami. It's... I mean, we're talking about the preeminent coach of this generation. Wow. So Push, that's, all, a lot that's of, all I have to say. Push, there's a lot of people out there who hate how much this podcast turns into a Shani appreciation uh, sort of uh, tribute. Uh, we're going to ignore them for a minute and give you the stage here as the biggest appreciator of them all. Uh, how do you feel the first part of the season's gone? What, uh, what are your expectations for the rest of it? Completely unsurprising beginning to the season. I think, you know, for all of us, Shanny knowers and ball knowers, we knew we, we foresaw this coming. We knew Brock, we knew Brock was real deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. We knew Brock was real deal. And I know there's some of these, you know, these these trolls and haters that are peeking their heads out from behind trees and 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 uh, random hallways after yesterday's loss. But the bottom line is that was about as trappy a game as you could possibly get. And Brock still drove them down at the end of the game, despite how poorly we were playing on offense. Mm-hmm. Things were just off tempo. Things were off. Uh, you know, we ha- what happened is Debo goes out, CMC goes out. The op- the we're having to move guys around, play different positions. It's still early in the season. We haven't had to do that yet. So you have Ray Ray McLeod playing in the playing in Debo's role, and you have you know guys like Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell coming in to try to play the CMC role. It just doesn't quite work. The timing was off against. Maybe the best defense in the in the league. I would say Cleveland's either number one or number two in the league. Mm, the Jim Schwartz and, effect. All right, especially yeah. in the rain, like on a in the rain okay. in Cleveland. Brock might have smaller hands. We're we're a little bit concerned about his that. Hand, his hands. Might be nevish. We'll, we'll the hand, the hands were definitely an issue yesterday. With the ball slipping around, and he wasn't really able to spin it with the with the heavy ball. Okay, 
But you know what? He still drove him down at the end of the at the end of the game when it when it really, really mattered. We we're down. He had to take us down the field. Hits Ayuk for a big gainer. Hits the out to Jawan Jennings. Sets us up. There's some questions about whether Shani held on to the timeout instead of trying to get rookie kicker a few more a few more yards to get him inside. You know that 35 range instead of just settling for the 40 yarder. You know he missed. He missed the 54 yarder earlier in the game. Those are the first two kicks he's missed all year. So. We give them some slack. The game was ultimately a very sloppy game. It just wasn't. The, the refs were awful. I will just okay. say that on both, refs, for both teams. Yeah. The refs were, were terrible. Terrible. Okay. On All both right. sides. Right. I'll give it to you. All right. Before we say, go ahead. Can we take control of this episode? <laughs> if Ayuk catches that pass in the in the first quarter, yeah. it's a totally different ball game. And he was interfered like, with. I, I, like, I would like to focus on the majesty that was the first five games okay. of the season for them. So that's that's all I have to say about that. It's also, it's tough when Debo gets hurt. Like Debo and CMC, I feel like they can kind of cover for each other, but when both of them get hurt, that's tough. Yeah. Okay. All right. I hate guys that were bleeding listeners who are not 49er fans. We're going to take a quick spin around the league. I feel like, you know, we're just going to do a quick check-in where we stand. The division leaders uh, through six games, uh, obviously we still have the Monday night game that uh, this will come out. After it goes down, but uh, the Dolphins, uh, the Ravens, the Jags, and the Chiefs—no uh, major surprises there. Uh, big, you know, you're you're kind of pay a little closer attention to the AFC than uh, these two NFC knuckleheads. Do you, do you have any thoughts on how the AFC is shaking out so far? Obviously, uh, your guys uh, got off to a little bit of a stumbled start, but uh, any thoughts on the AFC? Uh, the Dol- let's start in the East. I, the Dolphins, super impressive. I know uh, at the risk of continuing this shanty fest, um, <laughs> great, great offense through what six weeks. I, still, some questions. We, we, I don't know how much you want to get into each team. I, I mm-hmm. still worry a little bit about the physicality and you know when when we get cold in most of the country, how the how that brand of football is going to travel on the road. Uh, we shall see. You know, the Ravens leading the AFC North, no surprise there. The AFC North is a bit of a slugfest, as it usually tends to be. Patrick Bengals and a beast. Yeah, the Bengals at three and three are last right now in the AFC North, which um tight, tight division there. The Jags, the Jags have kind of been a little Jekyll and Hyde TC, but uh, certainly where we expected them to be leading that division. But the the Texans look super frisky, again at the risk of the Shanty Fest continuing. And then the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I, I'm really curious, and KV, you can get us into this when the time is right. But the Chiefs, I I, I almost hate to say this, but they don't. I, I just don't quite understand. They're just not passing the eye test to me right now. Yeah. The, the offense doesn't look great. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how they're doing it. Uh, Chris Jones being cool. back is a huge yeah. help to them. But yeah, those are my initial thoughts. No shocks, as you said, uh, and some questions on some of these leading teams. Big, you know, I'm a, a partial believer for sure in the eye test. I have to I share your Chiefs' thoughts. I think that they're kind of like a a movie monster that, uh, that looks like it's limping around. It's got arrows sticking out of its body. You think that it's dead and, and they just kind of keep coming back. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. And I'm totally like totally buying Jackson Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to write them off because they deserve every benefit of the doubt. And, and Mahomes is Mahomes. So like, I, I realize that they, they have proven themselves, but I, Did, I just uh, wonder, 
how they just don't feel explosive. They don't feel a lot of the things past chief teams have felt to me. Did any of you guys catch the quarterback show on Amazon? No, I watched. Like I would one episode of it. So I would encourage watching it just because uh, it will probably confirm a lot of your priors about uh, Patrick uh, in that he is very cringe, uh, especially a lot of dealings with, uh, with his wife. And, but the dude is like, works very hard and you get a lot of, it actually, I came away. uh, It changed my, a little bit of my opinion about Kirk cousins. It made me feel like a little bit more sympathetic towards cousins in some ways who I thought was just kind of a cornball. And I, I felt like I was sort of rooting for Kirk Cousins, but you do get a lot of insight into Patrick about like what a cocky, like shit talker he is uh, on the field. You get a lot of it, the fact that it's like Peyton Manning executive produced, you get a, you know, the NFL signed off on releasing all this footage from games and stuff. I think it's worthwhile. I watched it with my girls and they're both uh, sort of interested in Patrick Mahomes without really being a fan, just because he's sort of this kind of magnetic character. I would, I, I was very skeptical about it, but I would encourage you guys to dip your toe in it. Uh, let's put on pivot to the, the NFC. Uh, you know, it was sort of a week of like big, big guns kind of stumbling a little bit as the Eagles uh, suffered what I feel like was kind of an inexplicable, embarrassing loss to a terrible Jets. I mean, the Jets aren't terrible, but they're they shouldn't have beat the Eagles. Jenny, uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, so the. <laughs> The Eagles are leading, uh, leading that division. The Lions, uh, my Lions, are leading. Uh, our yeah. Lions, your Lions. Lions. I they're Excuse my me. Lions. Listen, I've rode so hard for the Lions. I feel like you just kind of, you know, drafted I, off that I wave. Do. <laughs> Nobody loves the Lions like I do. <laughs> what? Our Lions in general. Uh, the and then Tampa, surprise Tampa, uh, which is uh, on my squad this year. Uh, and then of course the Niners, uh, wrapping up their division. Uh, Push, any thoughts on the NFC other than the Niners? Uh, you know, you're sort of our NFC correspondent. Yes. Could I, could I comment quickly on my Chiefs? Um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that my Chiefs are winning with defense. And that's, I think, the, the biggest difference with this Chiefs team is they're, they're actually, I, they're playing really, really, really good defense to start the year. I mean, even without Chris Jones, they were, they were kind of battling and keeping these, the, that's why the games were kind of ugly. Well, Mahomes operates with a bunch of Jags. And um, I think that that while they're trying to get their offense together, which I just get the feeling like we're going to come back in week 12, 13, and the, this offense is just going to be singing because they're going to have all these, they're going to put all these pieces together and Andy Reid will figure it all out. But right now it's just a bunch of randoms and they're just winning with defense and, and letting Mahomes just kind of make it happen, you know what I mean, and just get through. Can I throw yeah, an interesting gonna, just take real quick yeah. about that? It's like, do the are the Chiefs like the Patriots from like the mid like twenty tens where they would just basically be like, all right, our quarterback is better than anybody, our coach is as good as anybody. We're just gonna throw a bunch of randos in there, and by the end of the year, we're gonna be twelve and four. We're gonna have home field advantage, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. and I think Steve Steve Spagnolo needs to get a little bit more credit for the fact that he's been an, on multiple Super Bowl winning defenses uh, with the Giants and then obviously, you know, have, getting two with, with the Chiefs. Uh, he's just a just a good coordinator. He, like, figures it out. I mean, he's not, like, ever – they're never leading the league in defense, but he just – once they get in the playoffs, it's like his team just takes over. But as far as the N- NFC goes, yeah, I think it's it's pretty – it's it's a pretty uh, spread out NFC. I think there's a lot of – it's a top-heavy top heavy division with the Eagles-Niners – Seemingly Detroit 
And I think then there's, a, there's, I think Detroit and, and the Cowboys are on a, a tier down from the Eagles and the Niners. But um, obviously after yesterday, that luster is a little bit uh, different than it was the day before. I think, you know, people are going to look at, look at these games and be like, oh, the Eagles are, are beatable. The Niners are beatable now. They see the weaknesses, but it takes a very, very specific set of circumstances to beat those teams. I think it's Hurts throwing multiple interceptions. It's the, the Niners offense really, look, you know, with injuries, heavy ball, things just getting off kilter. So I think it's it's pretty much a two or three horse race in, in the NFC. I don't think it's that close at the moment for change, obviously. Uh, I would say throughout a take that I think it's actually better if you're a really good team to lose early instead of like go 13, 14 and 0. Totally. Uh, cause then there's all this other bullshit that you have to deal with. And like, you just, it's, no one's going to go freaking 16 and 0, go 17 and 0, going into the playoffs. Like it's just it, the pushing for that goal is almost worse because you get guys beat up guys playing when maybe they shouldn't, you know, are asking all these questions about it. So I hate to be the cliche of like, maybe it'll be a good for both the Eagles and the Niners, but, uh, I would say probably better to just knock that off as someone who had to write about the 11 and 0 Eagles, uh, last year or whatever. And then. Uh, they they sort of got caught up in like oh are we ever going to lose and then you know things got a little rocky in terms of even getting home field advantage uh, through that. I also think it's it's good it's when you're going to lose a game you might as well lose to teams that you shouldn't be losing to. I know that sounds sounds weird, but it's like if we if we go out and we lose to the Cowboys last week in a game that's being built up and it's you know this quasi playoff game atmosphere and all these people are talking about it and you go out there and you get outplayed and lose or you look like that and you lose. That's to me is a lot more condemning than going into Cleveland the week after that in the rain, playing a PJ Walker XFL quarterback and just kind of having a everything go against you and then losing the losing the game on the last minute field goal. That's a better way to lose. And I think the Niners in their post game, uh, all, they were all kind of just like, you know what, like we got outplayed today, we didn't have it. So we'll, we'll take the we'll take the lesson learned and we'll move on. And it wasn't like nobody was like crushed and really really losing it it just felt like you know we let it slip and we'll, we'll be better for it do you see anything surprise you in the early stages of the season anything that uh you felt like oh crap i didn't see that coming i didn't see tampa being yeah decent at all my guy I mean, baker I mayfield a detailed <laughs> i think the last podcast about how he motherfucked me once when i tried to interview him in the hallway because <laughs> the hallway was apparently very very inappropriate to discuss with him so happy as to see my guy surprises go um I'm like I'm legitimately surprised at just how fucking terrible Desmond Ritter is. Like he's yeah. he's awful. He's yes. awful. Are the Falcons truly throwing away like a legitimately good season by putting Ritter in there? Like it's yeah. I don't understand why they can't throw throw Heineke a bone and and yeah. they they obviously signed him to be like a high level backup. You know, use him a little bit because I like the Van Jefferson trade that they just made. But yeah, like they can't. They refuse to get Pitts as involved as he should be. Uh, they they're not using Cordero at all. Uh, like I like Arthur Smith, but I don't really understand Arthur Smith. So yeah. I'm you know I'm struggling with that internally a little okay. bit. Um, as as yeah. someone that ha is has Bijan has a, a lot of Bijan stock in, in fantasy leagues, uh, it's very frustrating to watch the usage and the way that they they kind of employ him. It's it seems like that what they could do with Algier and and Bijan is like go into the two back thing and really use that to their advantage with, with being able to split him out. Why? Cause he, he can basically play in the slot as well. And it's if with Cordero, it feels like they could be going full blown positionless football out there and they're just not. And 
I don't understand what Art Smith is doing. I don't understand what this offense is. It's like this kind of power run game with not a lot of, you know, motion or any other thing happening. It's just kind of like we're going to drive it down your throat. We're going to run power and, and, and these kind of inside runs. And then we'll just let Desmond Ritter drop back and just fire it at people. And it's awful. It's, it's not a very good watch. And the defense is actually pretty good. I think they have yeah. a really, a really nice secondary and they have some nice pieces on defense, but yeah, it feels like that, that game yesterday was kind of like indicative of the, the way that they played all year. Big, anything surprise you about the first uh, sort of quarter of the season that you sticks out? I know we're going to talk Bengals, but the Bengals just looking awful there for a few weeks. I, I And I don't think they're fully back yet, although they've been able to scrape together some wins. That's been surprising. Uh, the Patriots just totally bot- bottoming out has been a bit surprising. Um, I, d- I don't know. I struggle to think other like massive surprises i i don't i, I don't have many uh, it doesn't feel like a season where like everything we expected has been upended yet right it feels like mostly you know, except for some few injuries like the status quo was sort of it's well and, and like stuff that soon. you had a hunch on mm-hmm. is proved more true than you even thought like bryce young more nebbish and little <laughs> than we even thought or like mr unlimited and like he's like he's not long for that, for that team. Um, what are they going to do with him? I mean, it's like <laughs> I guess that's that's a surprise, TC. I I think the Broncos are a surprise. They obviously they were not good last year. I think Peyton, by virtue of his his resume and his reputation, I know people in Denver were very excited for this football season, but it is more of the same. That is a bad bad football mm-hmm. team right now. Yeah, as he, I don't know, Peyton to me, he just doesn't look like particularly healthy or particularly like, you know, I mean, certainly engaged, but I, I just, I can't imagine walking away from the league and then like being so invested in coming back to just a garbage dumpster fire uh, like that they have there. And and what the hell happened to their defense? You know, it was so good last year. How could it be as embarrassing as it was this year? I mean, I know our boy Mike McD is, is, willing to put up a lot of points and probably could have put up 80 in that game if he had wanted, but oh man, like that was a, a disgrace. They went yeah. from Evero, who was an upcoming yeah. coordinator to back to Vance Joseph with, you know, who's also been just kind of sitting on the sideline for a while and he's awful. I mean, they've just been awful. I believe the Patriots just crossed the 70 point mark yesterday. Uh, they needed to score like, 15 points to get there what the dolphins put up in that one game so for the season it's like a brian uh, ferentz yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> God. zach johnson led patriots yeah. squad i you uh, know I, I think one other surprise is the rams i think the rams mm, are really plucky feisty, and yeah. you know i think it's it's a credit to mcveigh it's a credit to uh, some of their some of their talent evaluation with with Puka and Tutu Atwell and and kind of conjuring up a running game and like Cup hasn't even been healthy so you know who knows maybe they are able to retool on the fly and be a be a legitimate threat yeah uh, let's bounce around with some of the major kind of news things uh, I just want to see if you guys have any thoughts on any of this stuff it's kind of the, the markers of what's gone down so far this season. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers uh, blowing out his Achilles uh, happened <laughs> literally like right after we posted our other pod. 
and now he's resorted to basically like picking fights with uh, people who are getting more attention than him and, and calling uh, Travis Kelsey, Mr. Pfizer. It's really great to hear from Mr. Ivermectin on uh, various uh, medical health uh, journeys. Um, I don't know any Aaron Rodgers thoughts uh, that I, I, my biggest Aaron Rodgers take to be honest is that that Achilles injury saved a lot of uh, like saved him from people realizing how average he is right now. And this stuff that I think he actually would have had, they would have been fine. They would have been four and you know, two as opposed to three and three. But I really think that Rogers is kind of fallen off a cliff as a great uh, quarterback. And I don't think that uh, the jets would be like five and one if he was uh, in the run of the show there. I agree. I think, I think that the, that team with Rogers is a lot more volatile. I think that's, I think, you know, if, if things start to go south, then he just sucks all the oxygen oxygen out of the room and becomes pouty Aaron. And uh, <clears throat> when you have pouty Aaron, then on a, on a team like that with a lot of the young guys and a lot of guys that are looking to him for the attitude and for the the leadership, if he start he turns into to wow wow pouty boy, then it becomes a real downer and it changes the the uh, the tenor of the entire team. I think. He's still trying to get in the news every week, whether it's, you know, walking to the place without crutch without crutches or throwing in warm-ups last night, I saw, which is so ridiculous, you know, suggesting that, you know, he might come back uh, late in the year, which uh, seems to me to be totally insane. Uh, I don't know. I just, the whole, like, revelation that he's, you know, getting paid to go on McAfee every week and share his various thoughts on the world was uh, was quite something to me. Uh, I don't want to dwell on him for that long, but um, Nick Chubb, you know, basically getting his knee run through a paper shredder was a pretty awful moment uh, if you're a, a Nick Chubb fan. J.K. Dobbins, uh, kind of not surprising to me as someone who follows the Ravens a little bit to see him get injured yet again, but, uh, you know, an Achilles tear there. Big, obviously, Burrow's calf injury was is in some ways like uh, besides um, Rogers, like a, a little probably the bigger story of the start of the year. Doesn't look like it's gonna kind of be an issue anymore. But uh, any thoughts on as someone who kind of you know is pretty locked into what's going on there? What what did you think about that? Yeah, let, let me let me go back real quick if I may, sure. KB. Sorry, mm-hmm. and I I will bring it around to Burrow. But on on Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't believe myself. I was sitting there watching the Eagles Jets game yesterday. And I actually I, I texted you guys like for the first time maybe ever, I actually thought Zach Wilson is starting to look competent. And yeah. I don't know if that's an aberration. I don't know if I can trust it just quite yet. He was a disaster in that first mm-hmm. start against the Cowboys, but since then, not bad. And to mm-hmm. the point where this Jets team, the roster is very deep. The defense is is very good. Uh, Breeze Hall is maybe my favorite running back in the league right now. Hmm. Dude is super spry. I'm almost wondering if if the Jets aren't going to find themselves in this weird spot where it's like, you know, hey, we wanted to give up on Zach. We wanted to go down the Aaron Rodgers route. But maybe like by the end of all of this, they come back to like, oh, we've turned Zach Wilson into a functional mm. leader uh, of this team. I don't know. A long way to go there. God, it would but be I so sick, big, if they were 
There's, can I just say it would be so, so great if Zach Wilson like led them to like a 10 and six record and then Aaron <laughs> Rodgers insisted that he get to come back and play because that is the most Aaron Rodgers outcome I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, Randy, I'm totally with you there. Like, like first time I really watched him in extended fashion was that Kansas City game this year. And like, he's, I was impressed. Like, he, you know, he's got, there's something there. There's a spark there. There's a, there's a would, certain willingness to will his team to victory. Wouldn't you rather have Zach Wilson than Mac Jones going forward at this point? Uh, like at least you have like a huge talent uh, yes. sort of. You know, All right, Zach Wilson or Vanilla Vic? Oh boy, <laughs> you're asking <laughs> the hard questions, DC. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I looked at them pretty similar. Yeah. Listen, Zach Zach Wilson went went second in the draft because he's got incredible arm talent, yeah. and uh, this just goes kind of back to my Justin Field stakes, which is. Which is in the NFL, we don't give quarterbacks enough. We just don't give them enough time anymore. We used to give them like years and years and years to develop. That's the and game too, though. That's the. It's not like just us are doing that. That's that's, that's the way true. the game has gone. So I feel like, and that's the way that the investment is, and in that you should come yes. out ready, and you should come out developed enough to at least within one or one year or year by year two be ready to, to roll but what well, it's such it a seems financial like, advantage too if you're playing yeah. in year two you got four years of like minimum salary for you know a guy and, and there's a line and there's a line to brock there that i won't take right now but it's just i'll just say that and the fact but that you can step you can step in say that we gotta we gotta then say how badly they fucked up on the trey lance thing sure we'll get to the of course niners. we're of gonna course. have a whole niners brock uh discussion uh but uh you know, we we're big. You yes. had the point. You were going to bring it back around to bro. I think. Uh, oh, today. well, just, just, uh, I, it was kind of sobering watching Burrow there the first few weeks, uh, without mobility, mm -hmm. it, it crystallized what makes him such a good quarterback. And that is his ability to be mobile in the pocket, to mm -hmm. extend plays by that extra beat or two for his receivers to get open and when he wasn't able to do that, and essentially their offense turned into like him trying to get the ball out in two seconds or less, mm -hmm. very bad, very not good offense. I mean, it was painful there a couple of weeks. That Titans game, I texted my brother-in-law, I'm like, this is a bad, bad football team, speaking about the Bengals. Yeah. Um, now, That's luckily, the last, yeah. yeah, sorry, the last couple of weeks, he's he started to show more mobility. All the reports are that the calf is is doing well. They're now on to their bye week, so hopefully, it can really progress and get him to a point where he feels comfortable in the pocket, extending plays. But that was that was the big eye opener to me. Is like the the secret sauce for Burrow is his ability to work the pocket, step mm -hmm. up in the pocket, and and do all that. That sort of That's stuff. such a great point, and that speak. I don't think a lot of people speak to that when they think of mobility of a quarterback. They think of like Lamar Jackson, like taking off down the field or whatever when nobody's open. But really, truly, the gift of like playing quarterback in the NFL. It's like Joe Montana and Tom Brady did better than anybody ever. Was the understanding of like if I slide away from pressure but don't like run, this guy's going to come open. This guy, this thing will start to hit, and that's truly what Burrow's gift is. Is like a feel for how the game should sort of progress. I think that's. Over all in all, why I would still take Burrow over like Justin Herbert is because like Burrow just has a feel for like how to get that one yard of separation for Chase or whatever that will turn a play into a 15, 20 yard gain or six yard I, gain. I, I, I totally agree. And I also, the other thing that has I have felt 
over these first six weeks, uh, for instance, when the Bengals were one and three and things had looked about as bad as they've looked since Burrow has been the starting quarterback, uh, he's willing to get up there and say, this isn't good enough. And we have to start stacking good reps in practice. And I don't know, he's, he's the type of leader that as a fan, again, this is all kind of new experience as a Bengals fan. You just believe in him, right? When when he says like we're just gonna put our heads down and work and get better and go day by day, it's like okay, I that makes me feel a little comfortable here. And then he yeah. comes out against you know the Cardinals, not the best team in the world, but has a very good game. Uh, had a really good first half against the Seahawks. Credit to the Seahawks. We can get into them. I I thought I was very impressed with the Seahawks, but they come away with a win and they get to three and three, and now they're into their bye. At, at three and three and it, I, I don't know it, he he just is that's the other thing he just is like a calming influence I feel like over not only like the team I'm sure but just over the fan base in the city it, it's truly like this hey we we have Joe we believe in Joe when Joe says something like let's just relax and let let him do his thing and that's a nice place to be quite honestly yeah uh, just hitting up a couple of the other injuries. Justin Jefferson's looking like, you know, he's going to miss the next four weeks. Uh, I honestly, other than like, you know, it was all excited to see Justin Jefferson, maybe chase 2000 yards of receiving. It sort of makes me wonder if the Vikings should just pack it up. And, you know, this is the last year of cousins contract. He would be impossible to trade still, but you know, I, I kind of wonder like, what is the Vikings like long-term plan? If you're missing your best player for the next four to six weeks, is he impossible to trade? Because I've heard rumors that like, like, like other teams would want him, but he doesn't want to be traded because he's got a young he, family and stuff. Right? He's got a no trade clause as well. I think yeah. that's yeah. the yeah. biggest. He, he, he would have him. to like wave it. He did leave a little bit of room. I saw when he was asked about it on Friday or so. Like, would you, you know, could you ever foresee? And he was like, "Well, right now, I can't foresee something." But um, you know, I do think if you watch that quarterback thing on Amazon, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of impressed about how hard like cousins works and how badly he wants to be good it's just the talent isn't quite there but like there's a, a game in there where he is just absolutely getting killed and his he can barely breathe like his ribs are so beat up and he's like groaning in pain every time and this isn't like you know a, a faked situation for like the netflix cameras uh tc uh of certain golfers you know we might we'll show rename nameless but Tom he's <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh he is very much like in the actual like feed from the like the helmets like oh god i can barely fucking breathe ah. and so it's <laughs> it's pretty like oh, i'm like wow kirk guns is a tough dude uh pretty pretty cool there but i don't know man i i've never been like a huge believer but obviously he's like very competent quarterback you know shanny obviously thought very highly of him would have loved to have him uh in san fran if things had worked out uh so i just don't know like if you're atlanta or you were you know before wilson kind of showed some signs of life like the jets wouldn't you want to like take a, you know, gamble on it and then sort of, you know, I don't know, move something and just see kind of like maybe, maybe it's a second round pick or something that'd be, you could get him for. And it's, you salvage your season. You give yourself a real shot at, at winning. I think I'm on the, I'm, if you go back all the way back to the very first football trap, trap draw, I'm, hmm. I've always been on board with, with Cousins as a very competent quarterback. I think he's like firmly in the tier two camp of quarterbacks in this league i think like Cousins, the, a aoc uh <laughs> aiden o'connell yeah coming for you he's 
I think he's very, very competent. I think, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that he, he throws these kind of bad interceptions in big games and kind of seemingly has a hard time getting over the hump in big quote unquote big games. <clears throat> but I think a lot of that is playing on pretty mediocre teams in Minnesota and, and kind of a lot of it is elevating the level of the offenses and, and, you know, just doing what he's, what he's asked to do. I think he can get the ball all over the field. He's a quick processor. He's kind of one of those guys that's not very flashy in the pot. He's not, he's mobile enough in the pocket to move around and do it. But yeah, I think, you know, if we want to get into a larger quarterback conversation that goes back to the, to the, these Ruiz rankings, these ringer quarterback rankings. There he is. There's, I'm, there's I'm, the elephant I'm, in the room. I'm ready to get, I'm ready to get into that because it, it all ties together. This, okay. this whole thing. Okay. Which, so Shani and his, and his presser, they're asking what, you know, what makes Brock, you know, a good, a good quarterback. And his whole thing was like, he is able to identify where the ball needs to go extremely quickly and deliver it with anticipation. This is anticipatory throwing is what quarterbacking is really all about, especially in that offense, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these quarterbacks like Herbert Mahomes, Josh Allen, they play out of structure. They get, they break the pocket and they're able to make up for all of that with arm strength. They can just, rip the ball down the field into tight windows. They don't have to throw with the same anticipation as guys with lesser arm strength do. So it's, it's not as, it's not as impressive a watch when you watch a guy just kind of dissect the defense with, by just layering balls into the second, second level of the football field. It's it, if Mahomes dances in the pocket, breaks a tackle, and then just rips one like 35 yards to the sideline. Obviously that's a talent that those other, some guys don't have. But it's not playing within the system. It's not that's not operating the offense. And so where I get really pissed off is that the, the guys like Steven Ruiz they overqualify they overqualify uh, arm strength and they underqualify like operating the offense. It's like oh he's just operating the offense. That's all he's doing. It's just it's like well yeah, but that's hard not to do. Easy yeah. To do yeah, like you have he's to dissect. The defenses aren't just running out the same scheme over and over again. It's like every they're they're trying to trick you. They're trying to they're throwing all kinds of weird looks at you. They're blitzing you. They're pressuring you. They're doing everything they can to like throw you off. He's still getting to the correct read. He's still hitting the throws. But so that's what to me that's what Burrow is. It's like Burrow has better than average arm strength, and he's got elite elite processing, elite accuracy. He gets the ball all over the field to where it needs to go. And it's not about playing out of structure and then ripping the ball 35 yards on the field on the road. And that's what pisses me off. Herbert is not better than Joe Burrow at quarterback. And also the, 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 the attitude, the leadership, that all matters when you play football. You need a guy that's a leader. That's why these, these guys just look, they look at the stats. They look at these, like, these, these metrics and they, 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 they tell the story to, to, to kind of like, they engineer the story to fit their, what they want to believe. I just can't believe it's some of the rankings that he's got. Like, they're like, it's all right, all right. we got a whole, we got a whole I'm Brock uh, Ruiz thing coming later in the, in the okay. episode. Okay. Uh, Pusha already stepped on my, he clearly didn't read the agenda because uh, <laughs> we have a whole section about Brock uh, that we're going to weigh in on. Um, well, also, we, thing, do, we do have, I'm heated. I'm heated. Dak tonight <laughs> on Monday night. We got Monday night, Herbert versus Dak. And also you guys, you want to watch some more Zach Wilson. You're in luck. Cause Two out of the next three weeks, they're in prime time on Sunday oh, and Monday baby. nights. Oh, baby. Uh, the other last thing, just newsmakers I had in the agenda, uh, you know, 
Mr. Pfizer dating dating the biggest pop star in the world, uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, good for the NFL. Like, there's been seems to be like some controversy about how this is like annoying that the NFL is like capitalizing on this. You know, I see people in my tweet in my X uh, thread all the time bitching about stop showing me Taylor Swift. Uh, I, you know, actually, like it's fun to talk to my girls about like Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey and like being you know at these games. I, I wish we could subject her to some better games than the Bears and the you know the awful uh sort of schedule that the uh the chiefs have had but uh i don't know i think it's kind of fun any uh, any quick thoughts there on uh on mrs swift's uh ms swift's uh, appearances i'm just so tired of the bills the bills and the chiefs like we like it's like the same five teams that we see in prime time mm. every single week and on the national games and all that i'm tired of seeing Brittany mahomes it's bad yeah, man well. it's bad randy get your house in order over there <laughs> She's I've become feel, quite good buds with Taylor Swift, it seems like TC. So you might might have to put a, out a you know a fatwa on Mrs. Swift for like platforming the Mahomes family. It's bad. I, I sorry feel to, sorry to interrupt. But uh, no, I, I addressed it a little bit on our chop session. I, I just feel a little bit betrayed by Taylor. I think oh. um I I in good faith, you know, I went to the concert, I I I jumped all in to the mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Experience, and I feel like she's repaid me by dating Travis Kelsey. That's it's tough. Um, I think large perspective, though, it 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 reminds me a bit of some of the stuff we talk about around golf, where the networks, the broadcast partners, the just the the machinery of the league is. I, I don't blame them for trying to attract maybe not hardcore football fans, not really football fans at all, right? It's it's a great opportunity to get a lot of eyes. I mean, shit, what that the Chiefs Jets game was like the most watched game, I feel like certainly because they were getting a lot of Swifties tuning in. So like I don't blame them, but it is annoying as, you know, folks yeah. that follow the game and follow like I I don't need to be this doesn't need to be shoved down my throat, but I I don't know what the I don't know how you would do it any differently. I guess it, it, it seems a, like a fellow musician. Do you, do you have any thoughts? Uh, it's, it's a, I mean, this is a this is a league that's run by like seventy eight year old billionaire billionaire men. That's like, mm-hmm. ooh, we got Taylor Swift here. Let's get her. Let's get her. And it's like it's just like it just feels so thirsty every time she's on. She's there. It's like this. It's become this this thing. And I get it. It's like she's the biggest pop star in the world so they're doing anything they can to attract to attract attention to these games and uh, you know probably make money for their sponsors and for the people that are are paying for the ads and all that stuff but yeah i mean it 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 doesn't really bother me like i don't really care because i don't really care that much either way but i i I do think it's funny that it it does trigger some people i think it triggers a lot of the kind of like keep your politics out of my sports like people and like People that are offended by like Mr. Pfizer and and uh, a pop star that definitely leans to the I'm left. Just, so. I'm just tired of watching like Sky Moore and like Sky Moore is terrible. Kadarius Tony Jags. is they're Jags. such a moron. Like <laughs> like these guys, they're like it's not like it, you know. And yeah, like I guess I guess where I'm at KVV is like you're you're Dion Branch and you know kind of those those like mid. You know, Troy Brown, those like mid 2000 Patriots yeah. team where everybody's just fungible, interchangeable because the scheme's what matters, right? Yeah. They're, they're just a bunch of Jags. 
Needs to get some lacrosse, some white lacrosse players out there playing receiver. That's the, that's when Kansas City will find its true form. Uh, <laughs> it's the New England of the new era. Uh, Big, you have uh, something you want to thank a sponsor here that uh, has, has been generous enough to bring our, our drivel to the masses? I do, KBB. Thank you. Wonderful setup there. Our next partner is AG1, and that is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Guys, I drink it every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired, Poosh. I was tired of taking so many supplements and wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers my nutritional bases every day. My routine, I drink AG1 in the morning before my daily cup of coffee ritual, and it just makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body. And covering my nutritional bases for the day couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water, drink it fast, first thing in the morning, done. And it also costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high quality sourced ingredients, which is a win-win. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash trapdraw. That's drinkag1.com slash trapdraw. Check it out now. You know who could use some AG1 is Al Michaels. You see that thing where he said he's never eaten a vegetable in his entire oh my life? God. He's like just, solid. Yeah, he just is, is, <laughs> his, his mom didn't make him eat vegetables as a kid, and he just has never eaten a single vegetable ever. I mean, that's worry that about iron. Yeah. You got to worry about his colon, man. Man, I, <laughs> Sorry to get that. That might be a little too deep, but. I mean, it's one of those carnivore diets that I'm always hearing about on that. Push, how, do you, how do Aaron you Rogers make sure that you that you don't like die on the road? Like, do you? Hmm. How do you make sure that you eat healthy? And <clears throat> um, well, you you have to like we have catering some a lot of the times, and usually if generally if there's catering, there's a salad bar, which is nice. But you just have to make sure you're just ripping fiber all the time <laughs> because. <laughs> As any traveler knows, things can get real get firm real fast. I'll just say that. And when you're on a bus that you can't you can't go number two on a bus, that's a you know, unless you're like no, a rock star. Yeah, rock star, yeah. you wanna or you wanna put a bag inside the toilet and do that whole deal. Okay. I don't I've never heard that. I don't um, wanna know anything about that. Called a glory bag. We'll leave that for another episode. But the true rock star life secrets are being revealed here. <laughs> oh, there's, we can go deep into that, but I think that's the wrong episode. Um, but it's, uh, Alicia Keys apparently has some, uh, never mind. I'll just leave that. Out there. <laughs> oh man. You think uh, Taylor Swift knows about the, the bag Jesus. situation, man. Uh, Taylor she's, Swift she's, definitely, she's doing it on her, her, uh, her, uh, Dassault Falcon. Swift. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to pull it, pull in a Dave Matthews. Um, yeah, no, it's you just gotta you just gotta make sure you get fiber. I mean, try to get one at least one salad in a day. I think that's like a a good a good tip. You know, if you're gonna get a if you're gonna eat a sandwich or like a, a burger or whatever, you just make sure you have a salad so that you're getting something to to to, to keep things loose, gotcha. so to speak. Some AG one, perhaps even yeah. AG one. I mean, you know what? AG one is awesome. Never had it, but I'm just to trust you guys. You know, I trust all your products. The travel packs would be great for you, Poosh. We should uh, we'll we'll look into that for you. We'll get you connected. Listen, I'm 
Well, I'm not. I'm not afraid to take free stuff from you guys. You know that. I would like to offer a mea culpa to anyone who was turned off by that section and, and pivot to our own <laughs> mea culpa section, uh, guys. Any mea culpas that you want to get ahead of an issue uh, here, as uh, some of your takes or some of the things that you might have surprised. I, I, let me let me let me set the stage for Mr. Poosh. Mr. Poosh gave a private mea culpa to our text thread a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago apologizing for justin fields mr poosh please walk us oh, through that oh, yes you, you, you cannot make that he's... face you absolutely did apologize for him poosh, did i the floor is did yours. i say i might i thought i said i might be ready to apologize for fields mm, wow which, which no, is almost don't. even worse some yeah, Clinton-esque Clinton well, language there in depositions. Listen, there. I I had a moment of I had a moment of weakness because I I did I said, listen, we need to give him the year. We need to give him the year. Let it. Let's just see how it plays out. Let's just see what happens with the team. And he broke me. He broke me a little bit on that that in that game where he threw like that devastating pick pick six at the end of the game or the pick at the end of the game to fumble. Just an awful performance nothing i could really say to defend it that was at the point where kbb was starting to give me a little bit of pressure too he was starting to bail the ship uh taking on water and then since then of course he has two games where he looks very competent and starts throwing the ball well wins the game and uh, lack the most important ability yeah I, I think he's it's in just like jimmy g he's just one of those guys that's gonna get broken a lot and it's just the way that he plays and you know, I don't know if I'm ready necessarily ready to apologize. I still think it, a lot of it comes down in that, in that same Zach Wilson, you know, thing that I said earlier, which is he's in a really, really shitty franchise in a really bad situation. And I don't necessarily think that in the right, if he were in a better situation, he, he wouldn't be a, a better player. We'd have a different, you know, look at him. I think if he gets the Lamar treatment. I mean, given Lamar was in a was in Petrino's offense in a West Coast system that was a little bit more pro style, uh, so he was a little bit more ready to go and he came into the NFL. I think you know if you you end up in in something with a little bit better protection, a better O line, a better scheme, it might be just a different situation. But it's hard to it's hard look, to really look at Stroud. Look what Stroud's doing. Yeah, he, Stroud he's, is he's, out of he's in a He's Shanny. He's coming he's out not, of the same Ohio State, you know, offense and all that. Right, but he's a different player. I mean, he's a totally different player. He's, than, yeah, he's a lot better. Good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's like a real quarterback. Yeah. Yes, he's a pocket passer, which is what I've said from the beginning, which was the offense can't – it has to be more like what they're running in Miami. It has to be RPO. It has to be like Steichen, what they do with Anthony Richardson. It has to be these RPO, either carry it or just one read kind of deal. It's what, what Tua's doing right now. It's what – Anthony Richardson was doing before he got broken, which is another similar type of situation. And it can't be West Coast. It can't be Shanny. It can't be you have to diagnose things really fast and then hit a time throw over the middle. That's not Justin Fields. It's not going to happen. I just, it just I feel needs like to we're going to get to the end of this year and Eberflus is going to get fired. And then yes. you guys are going to be like, oh, you know what? Like, <laughs> we got to give him another year because we'll see what happens, you know, with like proper coaching and all that. Like, well, it's like, how is, how is it any different from, for Burrow to get drafted by the Bengals and everybody could easily call them one of the shittier franchises in the league. And then he, you know, then he figures out a way to succeed. Sometimes you got to rise above your circumstances and, and make the coaching irrelevant almost and flash enough to where, you know what, this coach sucks, but I believe in this guy. 
I will well, say, as someone who was riding with Poosh at the beginning of the season, I thought that Fields was going to be better. I was pretty dis- full of despair after that Packers game. Uh, that was as bad as I think you know he's ever looked. Just with all the anticipation of like coming into the season, like oh he's going to figure it out. There's so much hype, so much like just embarrassingly bad copy written about how he'd made all this progress and he just looked horrendous the first couple games. I. The last I, I did watch, I was on a golf trip in uh, in Forest Dunes, but me and a bunch of boys sat down and watched that Commanders game. I know the Commanders aren't like anything particularly great, but it was like when he finally got the ball out to some playmakers. If I was like, oh, this is the dude who we, we Poosh and I thought that he could be. All right, this is the guy who you know he isn't looking to run every single time. It it's just been a already it's been a really weird season with so many different ups and downs, including the embarrassingly like bad thing where he threw the coaches under the bus and was like, I wasn't throwing the coaches under the bus. Like I had to come clarify this. Like a young quarterback has to know that if you sit here, even if it's true, and I think it probably is true. The coaches are filling with too many thoughts, but like Zach Wilson did a similar thing where he was like, you know, I don't, I don't have to take any more blame for this. Like as a quarterback, your words matter. They get parsed. Like you're the chairman of the fed, man. Like you cannot sit there and say, uh, yeah, the coaching is probably what's fucking me up. Like, you know, I just got to be myself. Like, oh, that was like a three alarm fire day in Chicago. It's like just crazy. So I think that like if if he's still making those kind of mistakes, which is all part of the total like package of playing quarterback in the NFL, it's not a great sign for like his maturity. And and I think push you right. It's a terrible organization. I used to think the only difference between them and like the Cardinals is they're not like under federal indictment for various nonsense. And then the, this whole thing with the defensive coordinator came down with all those, those rumors that the FBI was like raiding the facility. I was like, this is Which, truly a any dark, idea dark what day. the like, no, like, I, like, like what are the rumors of the whispers? I can't, I, I can't find anything out. I, I, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be hesitant to throw out any of the rumors because there's so many these like verified checkmark dipshits on X who are like just <laughs> tweeting things that are just blatantly untrue. And like Peanut Tillman is having to come in and like correct the record. Uh, that was a truly weird, weird fucking day for both journalism and for a Bears fan. I don't know, man. Like, it's, I, I'm now like he's got this dislocated thumb that he apparently popped back into place. You know, is he going to be able to play? You know, in, in the sort of weeks to come, is it? Are we just going to reset the whole thing? Like, oh well, he was injured, so you got to give him another. You know, I, I don't know, man. It's you're not going to like you don't can't sign him to an extension. So then, what is he playing? You know, next year under his fifth year without a contract, like it's just a mess. I think that I think that, honestly they have picks. It's like you, I think the best thing you can do is, or they don't have. Do they not have the first round pick? Or they have well, one. They have two. They have two. Oh, they, they have, have two. The Panthers and their own. That's right. That's right. So they wait. They have the Panthers pick. I thought yes. it went the other way. No, no from no, the Bryce Young thing. They had the number one pick. Oh, and they right. traded it away. That's right. That's right. So the best thing they could do is cut bait and and go and get Caleb or go get go get somebody else. I mean, it might stink though. Yeah, yeah, and that would be even more fitting, and that would be and that would actually justify our my field stake, and that'd be awesome. Because then everyone would be like, Caleb Williams is the greatest quarterback of all time. Then he goes to the Bears and he stinks. And it's like, wait a second. And then Fields goes somewhere else and maybe he has, he flashes. Maybe. And then I'm coming back and just dancing on you and Randy's grave for like a year. <laughs> be the greatest thing ever. All right. Well, I was we'll reading see. something about the, the, uh, the Bears, just Kevin Warren and the new Big Ten commissioner coming oh, in. Yeah. Like the the bears are what is they are such a disgrace. It's awesome. It's bad. It's so bad. 
They need to be next up on one of the lists of our our owners uh, thing. TC, I know we got uh, Los McCaskies. You know, yeah, I know we got a couple good ones coming up. I think you and, and me and Neil are recording the next one next week. But uh, the yeah. Bears are high on the list for all those Bears fans out there that are, are wishing bad things upon the McCaskies. Like we'll get to you eventually. We'll we'll unpack the the mess that it is. Uh, so, I feel douche. So, end of day. Sorry, end of day. You 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 throw out your you might be ready to apologize. Like what does that mean? <laughs> are you apologizing or are you not? Like I'm still not sure. I'm not. I'm not ready yet. Okay. I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm going to wait till the end of the year and I'm just going to do that. And, and regardless of what happens in next week or the week after that, uh, I'm not, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be a better man and I'm going to let it get to the end of the, at least, at least to the end of the season. And then listen, if it's, if it's, if it's bad, if it stinks, it's rotting and it needs to be thrown out. Then I'll, then I'll come on here and apologize, but I'm going to give it the, give it the time and, and let it play out the way that I, I said before this year. Push, I know you're a big Chase Claypool guy too. I hate, yeah. it. I hate it. That's your boy, TC. That is your boy. That's my boy. Yeah, it's your yeah, Daniel's man. boy now. I, well, that's true. Did you see his presser? They're like, he's like, you want me to say it, right? He's fast. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. He's just obviously drafting guys that are super fast. That's it. If I worked for the Bears, I might I might quiet quit too. So, uh, <laughs> uh, all right, I, I'm going to put my hand up here. Uh, I think I was pretty dismissive of Tua in our initial uh, thing. I, I did not think that he could stay healthy. He looks really good. You know, I, I don't care if it's you know people say, oh well, it's a system. Man, like if if it's a system and anybody could do it, then everybody should be running these systems because. He looks really, really good in distributing the ball and like creating confusion for defenses. Uh, you know, word on this, we'll see. I'll still see. Uh, jury's still out on whether he can stay healthy if he gets his head slammed into the turf once or whatever. Um, but he doesn't look. It doesn't really matter that he would look nebbish uh, in his past life. Uh, he looks pretty freaking good right now. So I'm going to throw up a, an apology for my two it takes. I, I, Kevin, I been downgraded him as well. I've been very anti Tua. Um, looks good, right? Looks really good this year. I still think it's could be all sizzle, no steak. I mean, you look at their 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 schedule. Who have they played? They've they've beaten up on the Panthers, Broncos. Yeah, they, they squeaked by the Chargers. They beat the Patriots. They crushed the Broncos. They beat the Giants. They beat the Panthers at home. The the one big road test uh, at the Bills. They get pounded. Yeah. I, I'm just yeah. not ready to buy it yet. That that's where I get back to. I got to see the Dolphins win a, a physical football game on the road somewhere. And I think some I, of I that will have a about lot of defense. questions about the system when the weather gets not optimal. I think more of the concerns are about the defense, though, right? I mean, the For defense sure. isn't physical. They got a ton of money tied up in certain guys. Yeah, I, you know what? Like, listen, I'm, I'm on the record. I think I started the year by say, I apologizing to Tua and saying I'm on the train. I'm glad to be on the train. I will continue mm-hmm. to be on the train. I, I think I side with Randy in saying that I still think that it's a little bit. I, I do think it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna say Brock Purdy is a system is a product of the system, then you have to say the same thing about Tua because. Well, how many other offenses in the league have Jalen Jalen Waddle, Tyreek, 
you know, Achan and Mostert with this kind of that kind of speed on offense. He's running he's running RPO. He's running one re, a run read deal. It's not, you know, he's getting protected better. I will say. I think that's I think that's a better you know, despite the fact that I think Armstead has been injured. It's he's playing better, and it's he's playing within the, the confines of the offense. He's got a good arm. He's accurate downfield thrower. He's getting the ball to the playmakers, so you got to give him credit for that. I still, I definitely still worry that if he takes a hit, it's going to be an issue. And I, he does have the the that that random pick in him where he'll just throw throw like a really bad ball now and again. I, I definitely think he's better than what what I thought he was, but I, I still have some questions. Bit of a Chris Paul situation. Just good at distributing, but can you really count on him when it matters? You know, kind of deal. Uh, you know what? I'll get out ahead of one. I did the the Ritter one. Apologize yeah. for that. Um, I will apologize for saying that Calvin Ridley was going to just take over the league. Hmm. I was I was maybe a little bit a little bit ahead of the <laughs> things there. I still think he's going to have a good a good season. Um, Is he flashing? But, What's going on down there with the Jags? Yeah. I you know I need I a Jags short, I mean, but I haven't the offensive any lines of the like. The offensive line's not good. They got Cam Robinson back from his PED suspension. Now, um, I, I think we're on the upswing down here. ETN had some direct snaps yesterday. Pass rush is coming alive a little bit. I think they're, you know, obviously the, the uh, division's horrible. Um, the Titans are, are a disaster. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, I would like to hear some apologies I was pro Richardson mm. and I think that he's flashed pretty hard and wow. I don't know that I would go that far, but he's made some of the sort of the plays that you are you talking about. That, the most important ability. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. I mean, from the ability, from the most important ability guy, I think you need to take some responsibility for that. He's played <laughs> like a be- one and a half game so far, dude. <laughs> I listen. I might demand an apology from you for for <laughs> you were you were coming at me saying that I hated the Colts because you know for unfair reasons when I was like they can't develop players they just get them hurt. But what if this is Lux Luck Redux? They're just gonna get him shit beat out of him and he's gonna his kidneys are gonna be torn to shreds and it's just you know I I'm not sure I'm I'm ready to to give up an apology on the Richardson situation. Okay. All right. We will continue to monitor that one. <laughs> Uh, and I push. spent I spent yeah. buku dollars on him in fantasy TC. You, you know I'm right down, yeah. Thirty eight dollars on Richardson. <laughs> push, do you want to apologize for your Cowboys? Like, they're absolutely fraudulent. Oh. Yeah, I do want to apologize for the Cowboys, but uh, even though I mean I've been I actually you know everyone knows I actually hate the Cowboys and I've been saying saying that Mike McCarthy's a fraud for a long time. They're running. They're running the West Coast offense from like 1997. Yeah. It's awful to watch. I think Dan Quinn is a fluffer, always has been. Um, th- this is a front-running team that all they do is they jump on you. They try to jump on you with athleticism on defense in the very beginning of the game. They relied on Bones Fossil, who's actually probably the best coach on the entire staff. To, to make plays on special teams, blocking field goals, things of that nature. And then getting, you know, obviously losing digs was a bit, was, was a big loss. Cause yeah, I think he's Gilmore is a little bit past his prime, but it's a front running team. It's like they're built to front run and they're built to ball control and try to take the ball out of Dak's hands. But it's like, you're not going to win playoff games, you know, 
that way. You you have to you have to be able to to push the ball. You have to be able to score. You have to have explosives. They have no explosives They're in the, the offense. Ryder Cup team shots. They might, they might be exactly. the American Ryder Cup team push. Uh, I I was a big Mike McCarthy skeptic. I thought I said I think he said he's going to be the first coach fired. So uh, I I stand firm on that take. Uh, the very good chance they could be like five and five. Uh, I, I think that when they embarrassed the Giants, everyone thought like, oh my goodness, like the Cowboys are awesome. And and really, what we should have been saying is the Giants are fucking terrible, uh, and Jones is terrible. So uh, well, that's... can we can we can we talk about the Giants? Because I know Please. you were a big big dabble uh proponent like what's mm-hmm. what's what's going on there how why have they gotten so well, bad so fast they were last night was not great either i mean you know what the, the the barkley injury like obviously made them you know worse but that didn't it's not like it started out like with him getting injured in the first game i just i don't know i mean they it just i think when your quarterback isn't that smart and i think that's kind of what I, how I would sort of look at Jones like not a, a processor uh, in terms of like finding second and third reads, and your coach can only kind of do so much. There's a lot more tape now on Jones in terms of like what he was good la- at last year. I that's got to be part of it. I mean, that what a I don't know. Like there was times last night I was watching. I think I watched the first half where Taylor looked like decent, and I was like, oh, this will this may work out for them. Like the dab will get Travis Taylor coached up, and they'll be fine. And it just I don't know. It was just, it was awful. I, that that I sequence think, at well, the end of the first half was embarrassing. <laughs> so bad. I think last year they they were a, a team that massively overperformed. And every time I watched them last year, I I didn't really understand how they were winning games. Mm-hmm. I think it was they played really really solid defense. They were able to stifle teams, and then they would just kind of win these these ugly games like seventeen to, to fourteen or something like that. You know, it wasn't a like they were blowing teams out with offense. And I think that's kind of been exposed this year where the defense hasn't quite been on that same level. And, and that, that offensive, the way that they were running their offense last year, just not, wasn't sustainable two years in a row. It's not an explosive offense. It's like, it's kind of like what Dallas is doing, which is like, we just need to like mosey the ball down the field and punch it in and and try to win these low scoring affairs. That's kind of where I'm getting with the bills. Like, I think the bills are like low key, not very good. I think Allen covers up so many of their flaws, yeah. and when he has like a schizophrenic game, like he, they're totally crappy. Like I, I would not ever want to rely on Josh Allen to like play consistently great for 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 a playoff run because like he'll play great in three of those games, but I don't think he's going to play great in four straight, and that's the, their undoing. If he doesn't play great, they suck. They cannot overcome like an, a bad Allen game. Uh, I, I don't think there's, is there any more mid couples? I mean, I don't feel like the, I mean, we, I have the lions here listed, but, uh, I think we all kind of were thought the lions were going to be a little bit better. I was just sort of like very pro golf last year. So, uh, I'm happy to see him continue to, to shine as like a legitimately decent quarterback. Uh, obviously pretty good coach up there. Uh, the Packers look uh, like crap. The Packers are not particularly, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, when they beat up on the bears, I was like, Oh, you know, this Lafleur is going to be like this is going to be a great rebound year. But Jordan Love, in the first half, I saw something like he's the worst-rated quarterback in all of football in the first half of games, and then he's like really good in the second half. But it's like, whoa! Like, how are you not better preparing your guy to sort of you know figure some things out in the first half of games? 
don't know. Is anybody stink? The Packers. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's that good. I'm totally out. I think Jordan Love. I've watched that Lions game. Not impressed. And how many years has he been in the league now? I don't like good on Lafleur. Yeah, good on Lafleur. Yeah, I I think we might all need to to have a little mea culpa about uh for the for the Cardinals. I think Pew 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 guy uh, needs a little bit more credit. They've been frisky. Um, they've been in in every game they played. You know, they haven't they haven't laid down and and. They pushed the Niners. They they should have won. They should have honestly won their first two games, uh, with with the Giants coming back from what was it like twenty twenty like eight zero or twenty nine eight three or whatever it was. But they should have they should have won their first two games. They should have been three and zero, and then they you know they whoop on they whooped the Cowboys ass. It wasn't even that close a game. They really outplayed them. So maybe we need to give Gannon a little bit of credit. The offensive coordinator there is really good too. And they're also I, one and five. Right, but I mean, frisky one and five. When is uh, <laughs> when is Kyler due back? We we talked a lot about uh, Kyler in the uh, you know the the opener here. I'm I'm sort of curious if uh, you know there, there's a chance that they're gonna uh, you know want to th- throw him in the mix. I mean, I think we all thought they were sort of quiet quitting, and uh, you know, it turns out they're they're competing hard. So is is there a chance that they put him in there, even though the contract situation is a mess, could get hurt all over again, like? I don't know. Does he make them better? I, I asked that as a question. I'm not sure if like how much better Kyler even makes them at this point. Yeah. Like or nor like why would you wanna like I like I would Get try better. to bottom them out so hard because they have obviously they have the Texans pick, but that's not gonna be a top five pick like they thought it was gonna be. And then they've got their own pick. I mean, like it's crazy. Like four of the top ten picks could be controlled by two teams this year. Yeah. That is wild. Why don't you deal? You deal. You know, you deal Kyler, get him out of there, and then draft a QB and draft a wide receiver. You know, you have all these first round picks. Drop, drop a wide out, drop tackle. Yeah. I don't know. I see that Dan Graziano of ESPN, who's he's got a pretty good pulse and talking to GM stuff. You know, says that, that Kyler is definitely a trade candidate. That uh, you know, it's possible that there's gonna there be a market for him. So um, you know the. The cap hit isn't so severe that it would sort of, you know, fuck them. But uh, is it most likely is that they're not going to do it, but still that there's some teams would be interested. So eh, maybe. How about, about the ACL? Titans? Uh, just, you know, straight up like drafting Malik Willis, then drafting Levis this year. Then Levis hasn't even made the active roster for any of the games. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Like it's like I don't think the Titans get enough shit for just being like exceptionally poorly run. Trading AJ Brown. Well, that that did get their GM fired, so obviously they didn't get uh, you know essentially like a great replacement. I don't even know who. I offhand I couldn't tell you who is the GM of the Titans without googling it. So uh, seems like it's kind of Vrabel calling the shots. Like it, he just seems to be coalescing power. I'm would you not a Vrabel like, guy? I mean, Vrabel obviously like is a good candidate to take over in New England when when Bill finally uh, hangs it up. But like, what is the like, you know, if if you're a franchise, Vrabel's clearly got a, like an established ceiling. Like, you're not going to win a Super Bowl uh, with Mike Vrabel unless everything kind of breaks your way. And I just don't know that that kind of football is going to win you a Super Bowl. As much as we talk about like, can the Dolphins win a tough road game? Like. When have the Titans shown that they could beat anybody in the playoffs other than the Ravens at one year? 
Like it just doesn't no, seem to me their like, personnel isn't. Yeah, yeah, it's like if if Vrabel's going to have a hand in building the roster, he's never going to win a Super Bowl because yeah. I I feel like that roster is just always had big holes primarily so Gerard, offensively. Gerard Mayo is going to like he's going to take over in New England, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, I would think it would probably depend on. I, I don't know that that's naturally the succession plan, but uh, you know, maybe you've read some something that I haven't. Uh, I, I do think. I want to talk about Belichick in a second. It's a whole segment here, but I think whether Bill like wants to stick it out uh, and whether Kraft is going to kind of let him, you know, flounder for you know if if they suck the rest of the year, is Bill just automatically like, hey, you're welcome to just kind of keep coming back? You've got so much capital built up. Uh, I don't know. We'll get addressed in a sec, but you know, it's it's impossible to see into the future, but you can see into the distance, big with a with a, some precision. Pro. <laughs> oh, uh, look at KBV. <laughs> I'm wondering if you could kind of maybe uh, tell us a little bit about Precision Pro. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning. Wow, impressive. Yeah, Precision Pro. Maybe Mr. Poosh, did you know we have our own rangefinder and carrying case now? I did. I have one. Oh well, how about that? It's awesome. Those that, it's the best. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Thanks for supporting. And for anybody that didn't realize that, we've partnered up with our friends at Precision Pro Golf to customize the NX10 Rangefinder with your favorite NLU designs to rep the pod on the course. Head over to precisionprogolf.com slash NLU. You can use code NOLANGUP to save $20 on the Rangefinder and the case. We've all been using the NX10 for almost, oh gosh, more than a year now. And the rangefinder is awesome. It's a tank. It locks onto the target lightning quick. And it's got a bunch of additional features such as slope switch, HD optics, magnetic cart mount, uh, wonderful customer service. You won't find better customer care package in golf from free battery replacement to industry leading customer service and a 90 day money back guarantee. There is a reason Precision Pro has been our trusted partner for years. So don't wait. Like I said, go to precisionprogolf.com slash NLU to save $20 and get your NLU rangefinder and carrying case with code no laying up. Put those words all together, no laying up. So we thank Guys, Precision Pro. Yeah, go ahead. I was TC. just thinking, I think I think Ohio State and Tennessee should trade coaches. I think Ryan Day Ooh. should go be the coach in Tennessee. And I think Vrabel or or Hartline can take over. One of them should should go be the coach at Ohio State at Buck. I actually like that for what Imagine you do with, Yeah. What is uh what happens to Hypel? No, no, Tennessee Titans, not Tennessee. Oh, oh, oh I see, I see. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Imagine Vrabel and versus Harbaugh. Oh, That'd be God, incredible. Man. Incredible uh, theater. Well, they the, oh, currently Ohio State lacks the most uh, fundamental thing of toughness, and uh, yeah. like Ryan Day would probably you know be able to put together a decent offense at least in the NFL, which is the bored you wouldn't be bored to death as a Titans fan. I love it, TC. It's a great suggestion. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right, listen, we've we've come to the segment that I think uh, is, is driven a lot of the conversation uh, amongst our text thread. Also, I'm, I'm going to actually put this to big first. Big, I know the other two gentlemen in this uh, thread, how they feel about Brock Purdy, but I haven't really heard a ton about how you feel about Brock before Mr. Poosh kind of dominates this conversation and, and TC fluffs uh, uh, Shani again. What do you think about Brock Purdy? You know, 
do you think this is a you know a long-term great quarterback is it a, a, a placeholder what's your what's your purdy thoughts careful randy <laughs> I, I think it's a good fit I, I think it's a good fit in the system okay. i think i think what purdy does well is as these guys have alluded to he he's able to process uh he gets the ball out quickly there's there's nothing when i watch him that screams he's necessarily going to play above and beyond the system i don't think but he's also you know he's pretty green he hasn't been a starting quarterback for all that long um i mean i go back to push in one of our off-season qb rankings i think push ranked the the san francisco system as the third best quarterback in the nfl so i and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, I want to tip my cap. I, I think Shani is a, a very, very good offensive mind, but it just makes it hard to really get a firm opinion on the quarterback within a system like that. And you don't know whether to credit everything going on around him and, and where he is or, you know, the, the inherent traits of the quarterback himself. So I know that's, a little bit of a wishy-washy answer, but I, I, I think he's totally fine. I mean, I, I, Cleveland's defense is unbelievable, and they've been making just about everybody look human. And um, I don't know, not not a shock that Brock didn't look great against them. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, take from that what you will, I guess. I, I, it's a bit of an incomplete, if I'm being honest. I, I don't have enough. I, I don't have a good enough feel for Brock, just as a by himself. Okay, DC, would you like to handle this before I turn it over to Mister Poosh to, uh, to to the final argument here? I'll be honest. I don't really even need to say anything. I think Brock's okay. record speaks for itself, <laughs> and I think he's he's like a. He's like the M1 or the M2 processor. He's a super processor. He's a CPU. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. And Randy, Randy, the one thing I do want to hear from you, will you apologize for your Jimmy Garoppolo takes the last few years? Oh. That guy. I always said he's a winner. Is <laughs> he? My whole thing. Is he? Is he still a winner? Is he not? Yeah. Is he still winning now? Or what's his record this year? I know the Raiders are three and three. I mean, he's not. It's not like he's one and five. But one of those, I think you can you can chalk up to AOC. Well, uh, Hoy, Hoy, or Hoyer won last Hoyer night, right? Yesterday, yeah. Jimmy went to the that hospital. That wasn't a Jimmy G win. Hurt his back. I, mean, I, I think I think Jimmy G, listen, I, I think that's where it gets a little uncomfy for these guys is I, I don't see a ton of difference between how Jimmy G was operating the, the Niners versus that's how where operating that's where you totally lose any semblance of credibility. <laughs> like that's that's fucking insane. And you and Ruiz, Ruiz is on yeah. Yeah. Ruiz too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Listen. I push. See it. Push. Uh, we all know that the Brock part of the Brock Purdy's origin story is that he almost went to Alabama. Uh, ended up there wasn't a scholarship available from the time, so then he ends up going to uh, Iowa State. Could have could have gone to Alabama later. Scholarship opened up, but like sometimes I wonder if the narrative around Purdy would have been different if he did ended up going to Bama, playing kind of the AJ McCarron role. I thought legitimately, hand up, I thought AJ McCarron was going to be like a a good NFL quarterback. I watched him in that national championship game against Notre Dame. He looked absolutely like he was like Purdy looks now, throwing in time to receivers. I've always been kind of a little bit surprised that he never found a sort of place 
for him. So what is it that separates Purdy from someone like AJ McCarron, who seem to have a lot of the same qualities? Purdy obviously like has found success that like a lot of these quarterbacks who in college were just you know good, never really truly great, has not found. What is it the difference? What is it that gives you the confidence that Brock Purdy is like a legitimately like a 10-year veteran in this offense and this, you know, leading them to Super Bowls, maybe multiple Super Bowls? I don't I don't know if it's a it's something that you can honestly put your finger on hundred percent. I just think you just have to look at what happened. He he's the third string quarterback's last pick in the draft. He comes in in the middle against his favorite team, the Dolphins. He grew up a, a Dolphins fan, a Marino guy. He gets he's getting zero reps. He gets thrust in the game after after Randy's boy Jimmy G shreds his foot. Mm-hmm. And he gets tossed in the game, takes immediately takes him down the field, scores, beats the Dolphins, beats the Mike McDaniel led led Dolphins, goes on a run, doesn't lose a game, just picks right up, plays with a broken rib against Seattle in Seattle on a Thursday night game, torches Seattle with a with a with a busted rib, and then goes to the NFC Championship game, and it's like you can't really it gets hurt obviously you can't really put your finger on why. It's just there's something about him, a confidence level and a comfortable comfortability that he has in the game and in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Where you watch you watch all these breakdowns of guys like, uh, you know, JT O'Sullivan, David Carr, Kurt Warner, all these guys, and they're all breaking down the film and they're going, the guy just looks like a ten year vet in the pocket. He, he looks ball. comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows he's ball. Lower. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just sitting right in the pocket, and he's just. Boom, 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 and then he's delivering, and it's, it's a, a big part of that is because he played four years at Iowa State. You know, he started four years, and that's a good. That offense was, you know, it was a pro style offense. So he was, you know, see, getting the ball around and 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 d- diagnosing, seeing lots of defenses, lots of crazy shit, and you know, in the Big Twelve. And so he's he just has seen a lot and played a lot of football, and that's I think that's what he always talks about is in the interviews. Is like, listen, I've been playing quarterback since I was a kid like I just this is what I do I've just been playing football played a lot of football played a lot of games and so when he got in here just that's just what it is and listen he doesn't have the arm strength the crazy arm strength but he's got he's got accuracy and he's got he can throw off platform and throw on these crazy angles and he's got a strong base he can spin it footwork excellent yes yeah he can get the ball where it needs to go and it's not you know, it's not going to blow you away, but he does what he is asked of him. And that's what quarterbacking is. Like, why, why are we overthinking this? It's like, yeah, Randy, you need to go I back just don't know how like, that's like, different than what Jimmy film. G did. Guys, go back and watch the fucking film of what Jimmy G did and how many, how many of these same throws he either didn't even recognize and make the yeah. throw or he missed the throw. Jimmy G left a lot on the plate. The Niners are always over good enough to overcome it, but like it was never honestly just from the eye test he just looked way more awkward all the time when jimmy g was out there like trying he didn't really flow with any sort of like you know like bruce lee flowing like water like it was just always mechanical and like you could see his brain kind of clunking through the progressions like nothing about jimmy g made me like oh i love football i love this it was just like ah this is like very much you know bolting together things to survive to the next play and the Jimmy G boneheaded interception was like waiting around every corner, every single game. All right. Well, we, we don't have enough Purdy in the playoffs yet to 
to figure out if he's going to be the same way or not. I, I, I'm just looking forward to the day the Niners fans start turning on Purdy because I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like Jimmy G you gave hate, you, you hate the Niners fans. 68% completion percentage, a nice touchdown interception ratio, and it was, it was all candy. his fault when anything went wrong. Jimmy G's. Oh, man. Oh, boy. He's. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, one other thing on the Purdy thing, I just want to say, I know we've we've mentioned Mr. Ruiz a couple of times here. Uh, I'd like to remain a little bit agnostic in this, but it seems totally fucking insane to me that like Peter King is like going up to Brock Purdy and be like, oh, just see what Stephen Ruiz said about you. Like what where have we arrived in this media environment where like a writer who's putting together like rankings, all right, meaningless, something that's truly fucking just for debate purposes, that where we're asking players to respond to these things. That seems like totally like to have lost the plot in my sense of like who cares one way or another what any one particular writer or analyst. I mean, if it, one thing, if it was like in a former NFL quarterback, if like Kurt Warner was like shitting all over Brock Purdy every week, I could see being like, whoa, what do you think about like this Hall of Fame quarterback? But like, we're talking about someone who writes for a living, who like watches film and you know, certainly like doesn't have the level of football expertise that, you know, all these kind of like, like maybe if it was even like Dan Orlovsky would be a story to me. But it's just totally crazy to me that like, Stephen, I, I don't know you at all, but like, how have you become a story? Like just by having this kind of like outlier opinion on Brock, Brock Purdy. It's so crazy. I think, and to be fair, I think he, you know, he shares that sentiment. He's like, I don't understand why I'm getting calls from the San Francisco Chronicle to do interviews and like Bay Area radios, like just trying to get content. me desperately trying to get me. content. Just- he knows exactly what he's doing. He's he's been so maliciously and deviously uh like, like it is it is it is intellectual fraud. Fraud what he's doing. I mean it's yeah. so fucking bad, guys. Like he he should be like anybody that publicly associates with him. You're dead to me. Oh, wow. Apologies <laughs> <laughs> to all the, all the traps, trap straw fans who were hoping someday that Mina would come on the pod. Uh, DC may have just ended it there. again. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I respect, I, I love Mina. I respect the heck out of Mina. I, you know, all my friends at the ringer, uh, you know, my guy, Nate Tice, all these people. I'm like, like, listen, words matter. Things matter. You can't just, just parade around like a charlatan trying to drum, you know, drum up outrage for clicks. That's all he's doing. He's so dishonest. It's And, and it's like having Geno Smith and Dak in the top 10 and, and having Burrow at 14, like that, that's where that's honestly that even more than the Brock stuff. That's where, and I know he's his whole thing is like, well, listen, it's like a you know, it's a week by week ranking, but it's like no, no, it's not. No, that's what I was going to bring up. If you if you read the opening paragraph of his quarterback rankings, he he said the aim here is to rank NFL passers based on their skill sets using uniform grading criteria for each quarterback. That means you won't see wild swings after a good game or bad game. That's a feature, right. not a bug. So for him to drop Burrow down into the mid-teens, is, that's where he loses me. It's like I I actually agree with him on some of his takes. Cough Brock Purdy, cough Jalen Hurts. But he he, he doesn't – it's like he can't stick with that for other quarterbacks. Like Burrow is not a 
15th ranked quarterback ever. I don't care if he's got a torn ACL. He still should be a top five quarterback, period. And that's where there's he, that's in no cool. world is Dak Prescott and Geno Smith better than Burrow at quarterback. That's just asinine. Like the conversation is over at that point. Like if you, if that's, if the rank, if that's where the ranking is, then the algorithm is broken. Like your, whatever criteria you're using are incorrect. You need to rethink it because that's, and then he still puts Brady wrong. in there at 10th, which is just, and Kyler, Kyler, he has Ky, Kyler above, Burrow as well, too. Okay. I don't think we should be giving people who are intentionally kind of inflaming things that much oxygen. I understand it makes for interesting debate, but it, you're rewarding the people who are, sport. you know, try, it is. And I'm sure, right. I'm sure if they lose to, you know, I'm sure if the Chargers lose tonight to the Cowboys, there'll be a litany of excuses and, and they'll throw Staley under the bus once more. And it'll never, it's never. Never Herbert. It is fault. never Herbert's fault. That is correct. I, I agree with that take that Herbert never ever gets the blame from the people who are his biggest supporters, regardless of what happens. He has played well this year. I will say. I mean, but, guys, uh, he gives he's Burrow. He, he's got Burrow as a currently a seventy-five grade for pocket presence. Like that's <sighs> just so stupid. Okay. He's got Kyler Murray with a higher pocket presence grade. Like that's where it's like, dude, you just like Poosh said, you you just it's disqualifying. You you can't make mistakes like that. We are feeding right into the it's like this is like with those conservative like bot farms that like want (laughs) to engage things that they you're just giving them what they want when you quote tweet them and dunk on them. So it's like Nick Adams, yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's. We only have about 15 minutes left here. Uh, let's talk Belichick for a sec. Uh, it's been a long time since the Patriots were truly this bad. Uh, you know, does Bill deserve the blame here? Do they need to move on from Mac Jones? I, I see Simmons basically, you know, the most public Patriots fan basically saying like Mac Jones cannot be the quarterback going forward. Uh, it's just a disgrace. Uh, only got to watch maybe a couple of the, the I mean, I certainly watched the Dolphins game. I think that maybe made people feel like, well, maybe the Patriots will still be competitive. And then they've just gotten considerably worse since. Uh, where do you stand on Belichick, TC? What's your you know take? Should should the, should he have as much rope as he wants? I mean, it's, we're talking you know five Super Bowls here, uh, and it, it yeah. truly you know he's not that far away from House's record, uh, from Shula's record. Sorry about the most wins of all time. Should should the Pates just Patriots just kind of give him extended? you know, uh, belief forever. Cause I see a little bit of stuff in the Boston media. They're starting to blame him a little bit and starting to kind of say like, maybe it's time for him to move on. Yeah. I think the, um, what makes it tough for me is him forcing Brady out and kind of winning that power struggle mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, it's better to cut ties too early. Well, you know what, according to that philosophy, let's have that yeah. same conversation about you, Bill, because the, like he doesn't seem to, be keen to evolve at all it's the same revolving door of the same shitty coordinators or you know Mm. retread coordinators who you know have been good in other stints with him um teddy brewski came out and has some pointed words for him today uh and i think the record stuff like if i'm belichick i i think the record stuff should be beneath him Mm. because it's such a contrived thing anyway in my opinion um and and like andy reed's probably going to beat it anyway in the next however many years because he's you know he's what 10 years younger um but like i think belichick should just like go coach at navy or something yeah 
I think you that's know, so well said, TC. Like, I think that's where Belichick is. Like, he just wants to try to scheme and out scheme. Mm-hmm. Like, the the skill position players have been so devoid of of real talent for several years now, and it it's just been a glaring weakness. And then you look at their draft this year, and they drafted a kicker, a punter, like no <laughs> skill positions before the sixth round. And it's like the arrogance, like that's, I feel like what it, yeah. it, it's, it's just this arrogance that well-deserved, right? Probably no better coach in the history of the NFL. Somebody that I would choose to like go win me one game, but it just feels like it's catching up to him now with you, you can't go bargain shopping for skill position guys year after year after year yeah. and expect to do anything i it, it feels like a little bit like you might have lost a locker room i, I told and, you guys that like yeah gotta wonder if that team's quitting a little bit even yeah. the guys that they're signing for like big money they're they're massive flops too like the johnu smith hunter henry Gesicki, like all you know all these are it's just like this weird this this weird fascination with like slow slow (laughs) big retread dudes and to me from belichick it's like it's like you're very clearly the best coach in the history of the league in my opinion all you're doing by hanging on and trying to get a record is diminishing your reputation and your legacy yeah yeah I just can't. I was looking at their salary breakdown. Like, who the fuck are they paying? Like, what, it's you know, crazy. usually you have like a truly great, like, offensive player that you have to pay a shit ton of money. Like, they don't have any of that. <laughs> I think their highest paid player is Hunter Henry. So the, his base salary this year is 9.5 million. I mean, imagine that. Like, Hunter Henry is your top paid offensive player. I, they, uh, they, yeah. they need to make a big swing. I think it's like the only thing that can save them is, is making a big swing. And, I think they. I think I honestly do think he's. It's either that he's lost completely, lost the locker room, or that they're in full blown tank mode. And it, maybe he's just said, "Listen, we need to tank. We need to tank. Like that's the only way that we're going to get this thing back on track." Yeah. And they've been they've been selecting at the back end of the draft for like twenty that's years. That's got to eat him up, though. I, I would have a hard time feeling like Belichick at this stage would be down to tank. Like I feel which, like that goes. I mean, the holy might say might 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 signal that he has broken a bit you know and 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 maybe it's if, if that's not the case then yeah it's a hundred percent that he's, the game maybe has passed him by and and this new era of coaching and players where it does seem like being a player's coach and being like a dude is more important now than being this like strict authoritarian kind of my my way or the highway this is the patriot culture this is the patriot way do your job like they don't he doesn't have his McCordy's, high towers these brewskis these guys that were brady these guys that were there that had been in the system for a decade that were there to kind of like bring in all these young guys and like set them straight and make them you know do the do the stuff and do all of his kind of work for him inside the locker room those guys are all gone so now it's just kind of all these young dudes that are like, yo, man, like, I don't want to fucking do this shit. Like, this sucks. Well, so here's, I guess here's where, I, where I'm at on the tanking stuff is, A, it looks like they hit on the Christian Gonzalez kid from hmm. Oregon yes. the corner. He's good. He may lack the most important ability, but he's good. <laughs> uh, but, like, I don't even give him, like, their draft board's always so fucked up that, like, I don't even know if they can tank so, properly. I know. Right? It's like... True. 
what have they been doing in the draft? That's that's what I always get back to is like, man, they they've had such glaring needs, and then to come out like you said, Gonzalez, okay, good pick, but then they're going like offensive lineman. They draft a kicker, I think, in the fourth round or third. Like it's like, come on, dude. Like they're you so gotta try to find some weapons. Yeah, and they're so far off the board with like the way that their rankings look to where if they had two of the top ten picks, let's say, yeah. I legitimately have no idea. Like we could see them picking somebody that nobody's ever heard of before. It's crazy. Yeah, a, a guard could, like, from Michigan. Guard State on tackle, yeah. yeah, defensive tackle or something. Yeah. I, you know what? The the most memorable era of the Patriots for me is obviously the Randy Moss era. And I just remember that like a light went on that day when he it was like the opener, I think the, the Jets, where they just absolutely fucking roasted uh, people. And I was like, oh, this is what like it would look like if they had like really great athletes instead of trying to just like, outsmart everyone. Like this would be that. And that's why that Patriot season was so fucking badass because it was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to absolutely just go on a fucking wrecking ball tour and they've never really been like they had the superior athletes all around since and it's sort of a bummer i mean i guess it's just kind of how bill prefers to do it than anybody other than brady who got sort of you know i mean gronk maybe would be you know the other exception but i mean since gronk like have they drafted a good offensive player uh, no like he's probably the last like good i mean he's been retired for two years now so and gronk was like a fourth wasn't he a fourth rounder like, yeah, because of his back issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they they got him and uh, Hernandez in the same same draft. So Aaron Thal. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a draft that was. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up, uh, big. I'll just sort of turn it over to you. I know we're gonna hear a lot of Bengals talk this year, assuming that uh, they're sort of going forward. You feel, you know, comfortable with uh, the sort of the way that you know only eleven percent of teams that start zero and two end up making the playoffs. Uh, it's certainly, I would still pick the Bengals to make the playoffs. I would even say they're a, an even coin flip to win that division. I just, you know, you know, I watched the Ravens. I've watched them for a lot of years. And I, that Steelers game that the Ravens lost was just so indicative of how the Ravens kind of blow winnable games and always are two, three wins shy of where they should be. Uh, you know, where, what are your thoughts on, on just that division and, and sort of, you know, these are two of the, other than Kansas city, two of the teams that, most people would sort of pick to represent the AFC. So where do we go from here as Bengals fans? Uh, yeah, I, the, the 0 and 2 start not ideal. Um, I don't know. The stats are what they are. I, I'm the Bengals just by virtue of losing to the Browns and the Ravens have dug themselves a hole. I think to win the AFC North, I, I think they can, but it's going to be an uphill climb. I. I'm hopeful. I, I still think it's a ten and seven type year is mm-hmm. is what I think would be nice. And if they can be healthy going into the playoffs, then they have a chance. I I'm and listen, maybe it gets a little better than that. Maybe they can win a road game, you know, at Kansas City or you know, win at Baltimore. I they they gotta they gotta show me some stuff first though. Like I said, they've they've been kind of band-aiding it together uh, over the course of these three wins. Um, they just don't feel like they're clicking at all offensively uh, week to week. So uh, the buy, I do think the buy has come at a great time for them. Uh, getting getting here a week off. Um, hopefully, 
not only can get healthy, but but really work to get on the same page. You know, T. Higgins, I, Burrow obviously gets a lot of oxygen, but T. Higgins, who has a fractured rib or suffered one two weeks ago, like has just has not looked himself. Some of that I think goes back to Burrow, obviously, but they, um, yeah, they 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 just are not clicking. I think the biggest highlight coming out of that Seahawks win was the defense looked really good for the first time. Um, they gave up a pretty easy touchdown drive, the first drive of the game. And then after that, uh, limited the Seahawks and we're starting to ball Hawk. And that's when the Bengals are, are at their best is when they're kind of rushing for dropping seven and daring quarterbacks to try to fit throws and all of that good stuff. So I guess all of that's to say, I am okay with where the Bengals are sitting currently. Um, I think the bummer is that the AFC North is just the teams have a high floor, right? The Browns, yeah. their defense is really, really good. So Schwartz is a dog. Yeah, mm. like that's going to be a tough game when the Browns come to Cincinnati. The Bengals have to play the Steelers twice. That's always going to be a physical game. Uh, the Ravens, the Ravens are weird. KVV, like they I were, always were. feel like the Ravens are they're Ever since the Bengals embarrassed them a few years ago when Burrow threw for, what, 525 or whatever yeah. it was, mm -hmm. the, the Ravens have always been ready to play the Bengals. I, I feel mm -hmm. like the Bengals always get the Ravens' best shot. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, that Ravens team is really good. And then they'll go and lose at home to the Colts. And I'm just like, yeah. that's not the team I saw. Like, I, They have a Jekyll and yeah. Hyde about them, the Ravens do, that I, I can't quite figure out. So... I don't know. I'm I'm back to just like, hey, I'm, I want to trust Burrow. Burrow's getting more healthy. He's getting a little bit more confident. Like that's that's just where I got to put my trust right now. The defense is showing signs. So Dax is awesome. Dax is really showing up, which is which is a lot of fun. And I also really like Cam Taylor Britt. He he's got he, he certainly got some things still to learn in coverage, but man, he's physical. He's got good ball skills. Um, I, I like some pieces on defense. Yeah, we we just gotta get the offense humming. Like it, it doesn't look easy. That's what's really concerning. Is like nothing looks easy offensively for the Bengals, and they just have too much talent for that to continue to be the case. Very well said, uh, guys. I feel like I always get some shit from Eagles fans when we don't address the Eagles at all, despite the fact the Eagles are you know yes. clearly one of the best teams <laughs> in football. Uh, maybe we'll have to focus a whole segment on on the Eagles uh, next go around. Uh, just we're, we're running is, out. Is Hurts good? Is Hurts good? That's the Hertz question, is, Randy. We can. I think we need a whole podcast. To, I know. To, uh, yeah, you know what? I will say the kid from Georgia is that Jalen Carter. Yeah, Jalen Carter. Yeah, he's he might a, be the best nose tackle in, in football. Uh, what a steal freak. for them it's been. Yeah. yeah. Shame yeah. it had to come from someone like dying in a car accident that his character concerns made him fall down the draft. But like, what a what a bad dude he is in terms of like on the field. Guys, question for you before we wrap up. Do, who, culpa there. who gets fired first? Uh God. I'm just I would still stick with McCarthy. Uh I know Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones for some reason seems like enamored with McCarthy. Maybe it's Jerry Jones is like living in like 1994 perennially. But uh, uh yeah, I'm gonna stick with McCarthy. I think it's it's either Eberflus or it could be a loser goes home. Uh, yeah, like you said uh, tonight with, with Staley yeah. versus McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is only in his but, second year, though. That's the thing is like it's really hard to fire a coach midway through their second year. Yeah, or but they're bad. You're so bad that. Well, they. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but like 
they definitely like it'd be hard and, for them. McCaskey's so cheap; they don't want to pay two coaches. True, low, low key stat. Not teams that play the Niners the week uh, the week after. I think they're one in fourteen, one in fifteen, something like that. Some incredible number at this point in the last 15, 16 games. So if Dallas, you know, the, the Steelers are the only team that that won a game after playing the 49ers, the week after playing the 49ers in the last two years. So low-key stat and see if the if the Cowboys can break the trend. If they can't, McCarthy has to be, you know, if they look bad again and they get run off the field, look for it. Yeah. I feel like Matt Canada's got to have a, a hot Oof. seat up there. The Steelers fans hate him. They <laughs> truly hate him. But uh, I don't think Pickett, I stand by, I don't think Pickett's that good at all. He has I like tinier, the receiver, though. Tinier hands than Purry. Oh, the tiniest hands. Pickens. Yeah. Crazy. Pickens. Yeah. He's a stud, man. Uh, yeah. uh, KVV, one more question for you. Hit me. Lamb, lamb. Yeah. Buying or selling? I still think buying uh, hasn't really. You know what hasn't really been like the takeoff and run kind of threat that he was in 2019. Like that's kind of what messed a lot of people up. I still think he's like wants to stay healthy. They're trying to kind of prove that he's. I mean, he he has looked really good in certain times. And I, I'll tell you who hasn't looked great is is OBJ. Uh, I I just don't know that he's like a great receiver. I think that anymore. I think they had to sign him to sort of make Lamar think that uh, they were sort of really committed to changing the offense you know who has looked really good is a flowers like yeah. he's he's yeah. been fun he's to watch he's you were dead on tc about him like he's awesome he's legitimately been the first ravens receiver they've drafted in a long time who i was like oh that dude can play like, like they don't like have to figure this football. out yes yeah. he's just a straight up football player so you know they they shouldn't have lost that uh you know mark andrews is like a really really reliable like one of the best reliable tight ends in and all football dropped a touchdown pass uh, in that, you know, there Bateman's been pretty blah, you know, he dropped a touchdown pass too. So I just think that the Ravens, they, they kind of make dumbass mistakes, but they're still pretty freaking good uh, football team overall. So if they can figure that out, they'll, they'll be in it. They'll be a hard out uh, all throughout the, the season and in the playoffs. Uh, I just don't know that I quite, quite believe I, I will say I'll, a little bit of a man couple on my part. I didn't think that, Patrick Queen Queen was a particularly good linebacker. Hated seeing him like run around blocks all over his first couple of years in the league. Maybe playing with Roquan has like taught him some things too. You know, I love watching Roquan. And so he's been better this year. He's been like their only like guy who can get pressure on the quarterback where they're using him in a lot of blitzes yeah. and stuff. So it's been good. Love it. All right. Fellas, I think that's probably a wrap. I know uh we gotta sort of depart second ways, but I do love the idea of us uh Sort of coming in together in communion uh, four or five times this year to talk NFL. The, the people are demanding it, uh, especially Push just Push's takes. Barely a week goes by that I don't get someone coming up to me saying, the "Please, sir." The tears in their eyes. Please. I need more of Push's takes. So uh, I can't wait what? to get to Seattle and shake a lot of hands. <laughs> so we're probably due for another one. What? Maybe right before Thanksgiving. I think that's that works for yeah. me. Yeah, about yeah. a month from now. Okay. The Niners play November. play the Seahawks on Thanksgiving this year. Ooh, that's a good one. That's our second Thursday night game of the of the year as well, which is shitty. I, I and, know I said, and this. we have Randy's Bengals coming to town in a couple weeks as well. Yeah, Poosh, I'll be out there. Uh, good bar. We're we're going out to the game. Uh, 
we're going to be going in with low expectations. That's uh, have, a, have what, a glass of Pinot Noir for me, please. Seeing what the <laughs> Niners did to the Cowboys there, um, it's going to be an uphill uphill ask for the Bengals to win on the road. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, fellas, thank you again. Uh, any any sign off? Any parting thoughts before we let Push go? Run I just want to say, course? Neil Neil was coming after the Jags a little bit, saying that it was. It was an unfair advantage that they got to play two weeks in a row in London. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Neil, that's 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 super uh super attractive proposition yeah. for, for an NFL team to go over to London week four and week five, uh, and then you know, like sandwiched around two division games, uh week three and week six, and spend two fucking weeks in London, like, like away from your family and away from everything. And but, the food yeah. that you want to eat, Neil. Neil was, you know, Neil and I were like shaking hands and conjoining how much you can't get anything but like a, a roast in in England for a meal, uh, unless you're. Well, Neil's you know, got takes on roasts. Yeah, so I, I think he ought to recognize like just the the weirdness of having to eat foreign food. I mean, I suppose they yeah. bring their own chefs, but Poosh, right yeah. now, I'll say this about that Bengals Niners game, uh, Week Eight. Right now, the Sunday night game scheduled is Bears against Chargers. And I think, I think if the Chargers it. lose tonight, there's a decent chance it might be Bengals Niners Sunday night. Poosh, mm. mm. real quick, you are in town. You are in Jacksonville, the 13th yeah. and 14th of November. Yep. Where Where are you on the 12th? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I was going to say the Niners are coming to town. You, me, Freddie. <sighs> Alex can go to the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man. That's calling sick to that Fort Lauderdale show. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe they could use an animation of you, like an AI <laughs> version, like they did with Tupac on that tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just zoom in. I'll zoom in from the Niner game. Love that. From Tron's house. Guys, I'll say this. The uh, the Dolphins-Eagles game this week is a really, really good yeah. litmus test yeah. for both sides. I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch that game for sure. Very much and so. Look at, and also, uh, with my Cowboys, they have a stretch here that's not easy. I think they, they go Chargers. I think it's Rams. And then I think they have uh, a third game against somebody. That, at, uh, at Philly. Pretty, yeah. At Philly. So there could – I mean – Listen, three in a row, KBV's proclamation could be could be happening here. Might be Trey Lance time too, if Dak gets hurt. <laughs> I would I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> all right, cats. Thank you for joining us as always. Uh please send all your, your hottest takes at Mr. Poosh. Uh, you know, he's a father now, so he has lots of perspective. Uh that's for the second time. So uh and Come at we'll, me. we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke.